Michelle, what was that? I have no idea. See, we are recording literally, like, what, not even 30 minutes after the race ended. And I feel like I am still processing all that happened. Um, Okay, so first, can we take a brief moment of silence for the Ferrari team? For morning. And moment over. What was that? Plan A or plan B? Which one are we going to go with? Was plan A even ever? (laughs) They went, I feel like they went to plan B before they went to plan A. Oh, no, absolutely. And then they went to plan D, at least for Carlos. And then for Charles, I think it was just like, they started with plan b and then uh, it, I, it didn't go to, to plan. i literally have no idea what that absolute mess of a of a ferrari strategy was but before we get too carried away let's start with introducing ourselves <laughs> yes that sound? yes um i am greta and i'm michelle and we are race week recap um, and today we are discussing the French Grand Prix um, 2022. Want to start off with Quali? Yeah. Awesome. So, or I guess we can start with like a quick summary of like the first free practices because oh, yeah. Ferrari was running pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. They looked like um, they looked like they were going to be very, very competitive. Um, but I must say that um, Verstappen was 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 looking kind of dangerous during the practices as always but you know who wasn't looking dangerous during the practices who (laughs) Vettel and Stroll (laughs) oh man um it was really bad uh some of the commentators were just talking like the worst about them I felt so bad um it was just like oh yeah they're not even in this race this weekend but you know what they were tussling they were tussling. They didn't end up in... Oh, well, they ended up in the points. Aston Martin, as a team, ended up in the points, which is great to see. Yes. But, um, all right, anything else from practice that was um, worth mentioning or looking at? Um, no, I don't think so. But for qualifying, Ferrari was quick. And I feel like we kind of saw that coming from free practice. Mm-hmm. And I think at the same time, it was like, slightly tragic because we knew that Carlos was going to be starting from the back of the grid anyway mm-hmm. but oh my god he really brought it um in qualifying in Q2 he set a lap time that literally <laughs> would have given him pole in front of like Max because Max's time that he set in Q3 was actually slower than that initial lap that Carlos set in Q2. I went back and I checked because he was so quick. Um, And of course, he gave Charles uh, the toe in Q3. I thought that was such a brilliant strategy. Mm -hmm. I was like, does Ferrari finally have their shit together? It was absolutely an amazing, iconic strategy. Carlos was out there looking quick and absolutely killing it. It was honestly... Uh, really great to see and just absolutely amazing um but signs did end up starting from the back of the grid um due to a engine change power power unit change right 
Yeah, he was on his fourth power unit, so he had to start from the back. They also changed a bunch of the other parts, which I can't name. Uh, and then K-Mac had a similar setup. Uh, I feel like we always <laughs> we always focus on Haas, but uh, Mick, Mick, he put in such a good time in Q1. He was in the top 10. I wanted to talk about this. Um, I felt so bad for Mick getting his lap deleted during Q1 because of track limits. Well, it was Mick and Danny in Q1. He was so heartbroken. Did you happen to see the video of him just absolutely confused as to why he got his lap deleted? Yeah, I heard the radio. Yeah, he was um, he was talking about how he had been doing this every single practice session and nobody had told him absolutely anything. So when he continued to go for that like very tight apex um, during Q1 and it got obviously track limits were called and then it got taken out. He was like very confused. I felt so bad. Yeah, it's so gutting because it's really a matter of not even inches. It's like millimeters, really. Oh, absolutely. Um, Danny also got his lap time deleted, um, and so did Yuki. But that didn't end up mattering, right? Because he still got through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yuki also got his lap time deleted, but that one it didn't end up mattering at all. So after Q1, we had Gassy, Stroll, Latifi, yes. and Mickey all out. Uh, so then at Q2, <laughs> new tires for Carlo, which was a little bit interesting to see. And Alonso was just killing it out there, too. Q3, signs gave the toe. And Ferrari with a quality strategy was interesting to see. The fact that they had one and the fact that they managed to do it twice uh, for to set two times, the first of which put Charles ahead of Max. And then uh, I think Max got some weird, like he got caught in a gust of wind on his uh, second flying lap. Uh, so I don't think he even improved on his time. So yeah, Charles set two times that were quicker uh, from Max because of Carlos and Ferrari strategy. You have to see it. I loved uh, Gunther supporting his drivers on uh, the radio. It was so sweet. He was like, yeah, we're going to investigate this for Mickey, but we're still looking good um, in, for tomorrow with um, K-Mag. Like the car's looking good. It was so sweet. I just, I, I love Gunther so yes. much. We love to see Gunther Steiner on the pit wall. Um, other than that, Lando was very, very quick this weekend. Both McLarens were very, very quick. Uh, that was really nice to see. At the end, our positions are starting. Um, Leclerc, Verstappen, Bettis, uh, Hamilton, Norris, Russell, and Alonso. Sonoda, Sainz, and Mag, but Sainz and Mag got pushed to the back. All right. So are we ready? Okay. Well, to start, I did want to mention, I wanted to touch on the Lewis 300 Club curse. Um, you heard about this. I did. So, 300, drivers that have reached a 300 um, GP milestone no longer place first afterwards. There has been no driver who has won a race after 300 races in Formula 1. And I, <laughs> I rebuke this with every part of my being. No, I refuse to admit it. Um, I refuse to not see Lewis back up there, top of the podium again. We simply cannot live in a timeline where the last race that Lewis Hamilton wins in Formula One was in 2021. I was, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I refuse. No. Um, okay. So that was just, I really just wanted to put that out there because that was just, uh, I'm frustrated about it. Okay. Another thing. Oh, Fernando Alonso 
um, this race, um, now after this race, he has now raced the most laps in Formula One, which I think is hilarious. P- puts him ahead of Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, he's got the most laps. I think it's hilarious and absolutely iconic of that king to be doing this in our race group chat. We um, have a very, very strong vocal Alonzo fan. And um, what was the quote? Alonzo is in his um, third prime. <laughs> yes, it just keeps coming. He's in his third prime. And um, I mean, he has even said it. He doesn't see himself as being too old for the sport, which is pretty iconic of him. No, yeah. He's out here, out driving Ocon almost every week. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty honestly amazing. I wish he had a faster car so we could see him really putting in, putting in the work. I just feel like Alonzo would not have gotten overtaken by George Russell in lap 52 after the safety car restart. But we can address that later. Why don't we talk about the restart? Yes, go ahead. I know you had some comments about um, Lewis. Sir Lewis Hamilton got the jump and he stayed there pretty much for the entire race. I feel like he was mainly racing himself. Perez was there. It was a little bit of a threat. I just feel like Lewis was just so steady the whole race. It was a little bit weird, honestly. I thought Perez was going to be a little bit more aggressive, but he really just kind of let Lewis um, just hang out in front, and the distance wasn't that far. Yeah, it was a little bit puzzling, I think, just for every everyone involved. Normally, Perez is a lot more aggressive, and like, I mean, we've seen him come from the back and work his way up, and it's not like his Red Bull wasn't isn't faster than Hamilton's um, Mercedes. So I just, I don't understand, like, was he asleep the entire time? <laughs> I mean, the evidence would go to show. I mean, yeah, it would go to show because then at the end, Russell overtook. Okay, but back <laughs> to the start. We're jumping all over the place. This is really funny. Um, okay, why? My notes literally just say lap three, K-Mag. Oh, yeah, K-Mag went up to 12 and signs moved up to 15. Yeah, I was so upset that they didn't uh, show that on the TV. I really... I had almost no idea how K-Mag literally started from the back of the grid behind Carlos. And then all of a sudden, he was running in 13th ahead of Mick. And then Carlos was still, like, all the way behind. He was, I don't even know where he was. I think he only gained, like, one or two places in the first couple of laps. It was amazing. Go K-Mag. stream I was watching, um, they were just showing the battle at the top between um, Charles and Verstappen. I think that battle was a little too tight, but I literally saw I saw very little of what happened in the midfield and in the back. Yeah, I think most of the focus was on probably the first five runners because Alonso uh, also made moves on the early stages of the lap. It was very close, so I think they had to keep it up there. Um, and then we got, okay, so between lap three and like lap seven-ish we got nico rosenberg <laughs> being interviewed <laughs> hater number one which was absolutely hilarious did you hear did you get all those comments you made yeah a little bit uh we had lewis basically with like the best start ever and then nico saying very clearly that he would not be able to how sad it was that he could not race with 
with Max and Charles uh, because he's in a slower car. Nico, um, we had it. We were talking about it earlier. Nico is just like number one hater when it comes to Lewis. This man just comes in at like the weirdest times, and I love how they have to interview him off site because he, you, you like, I had no, I didn't realize that he just wasn't vaccinated, so he's not allowed in the paddock. This man is not vaccinated, but he's still hating. He's hating from outside the club honestly menace to society like it's just, it's just so funny his comments are hilarious whenever he was talking about charles it was so just like you know the car and he's just such a good driver world-class driver and when he's talking about um lewis it's just he's like it's a shame that he can't keep up with the rest of the track you know he's just not gonna make it this season i, I don't understand yes. the disdain like ugh, his claim to fame is once beating lewis hamilton and that's it i think sorry that's a hot take is that a hot take <laughs> it is a hot take is it oh gosh oh no not the nico rosenberg fans are gonna come after me because of that nico rosenberg <laughs> it's nico rosberg i don't even know his name i don't even know his name <laughs> that's how irrelevant he is to you absolutely oh my gosh Ugh, so bad all right, and then um, <laughs> Max trying to overtake Leclerc. I have a lot of those notes. Yeah, I honestly was scared. I I saw how close Max was following Charles within the first what five laps of the race, and I thought this is scary. Like I feel like Max is gonna overtake, um, but I think as laps went on, it kind of became clear. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, even with DRS, Max just, I feel like the straight wasn't long enough for him to mm-hmm. actually uh, make any serious moves. Mm-hmm. And then going into the corners off of the straight, um, Charles was able to pull away more. And then once uh, Max got out of DRS zone of Charles, it was just, that was kind of like, that battle finish um did you hear the commentator talking about how the engineers were only telling leclerc when max was in the drs zone but besides for that they were not talking to him at all really that was hilarious i was like charles is probably just like fed up and he's like i don't want to hear any of it kind of similar to um when stroll just yelled on the radio to shut up I mean, so good. He was so over it. Okay, but the radios were amazing this race. I think we need to do radio the day. Oh no, we absolutely do. Do you? I mean, I I know who the obvious winner is. It has to be. I wish it wasn't, but it has to be Charles after he crashed. (laughs) After he spun out of Debussy into the Tech Pro barrier, the heavy breathing. Uh, the comments about the throttle, and then the most angry I have ever heard him, just this primal scream. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I can't help but like laugh because it was the funniest thing. I felt so bad for him, but just the like, you're absolutely right. The heavy breathing did it for me. First, at first, I was like concerned. <laughs> the heavy breathing. Yes. It, it was like... It was, it was a precursor. It actually could not have been more dramatic or cinematic if he had tried. Honest, yeah, Charles, the king of the radio. He's just, he's honestly so passionate, though. I absolutely love it. Like, I love how passionate he is about the sport and about yeah. his races. So we get these incredible radios. 
Greta, Greta, I have you thought about how Drive to Survive is going to milk the fuck out of that radio? <laughs> oh my god, I'm just picturing it in my head and like the music in the background. Oh my god, Drive to Survive is gonna have a field day. Oh no, this season, I really, really hope you know. I really hope that this season in Drive to Survive, there's just um, nothing but drama. Like, they just play up the drama between Carlos and Charles, even though it's, like, not really there or it's not that serious. Um, but I just, I want, I want them to be, like, this rivalry between these two Ferrari boys. Ooh, spicy. And Max and Charles, because there is not actually, honestly, any drama between them no. as, like, competitors yeah it's really just like all on the track and even that is very clean so yeah i feel like in that sense like drive to survive has a lot uh of work cut out for for them Mm -hmm. to kind of like create that angle of like the drama but in terms of the actual racing it's gonna be um you know the content is all there do you think Max, I mean, we talked about this last time, but Max is like very much Drive to Survive is portraying, portraying drivers as something they are not. So he's playing it up. <laughs> he's like, see, we no rivalry, only niceness. Just so that Netflix has, I no, guess. Netflix has no ammo on them. I don't know. Now I'm just starting conspiracy theories for Drive to Survive. I need to stop going down that. We're speculating. I'm speculating. This is this bad. I can't do that. Um, okay, and then Max did check in on Leclerc, which was super, like, sweet and absolutely adorable. Yeah, I just, I love to see it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that it surprised me, but it's just nice to see. No, he's absolutely nice. Because <laughs> it honestly, like, it wasn't, I mean, I don't think he necessarily saw it. He probably just saw him in the barrier. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the actual replay, he didn't hit the barrier very mm-hmm. hard. I think, uh, you know, the commentators were actually a little bit surprised that he wasn't able to reverse out. Yeah. So um, that leads us to: Is it was it the throttle? Was it a throttle blockage, or was it Leclerc? So the fact that he crashed was his fault. He gave the interview afterwards, saying that you know it was a hundred percent his fault, and that he can't be making those kinds of mistakes when he's fighting for the championship like this. Which is, I feel like, such like a typical reaction of him. I feel like when he makes a mistake, he's like the first person to admit Mm it. Uh, I think it's like very consistent behavior from him. Um, And honestly, like nice to see. (laughs) He's not gonna blame other people for his mistakes. I feel like that is just the pattern that we see with him. But then it it, like also brings up the question of like, what was he saying about throttle? Was the throttle an issue of him not being able to back out? Maybe. So, I mean, the throttle issue has been brought up before, right? It was brought up last race. Or was he imagining it? Was he just so angry that, and not understanding what happened, like, in the moment? Because obviously he was very fired not up. I'm imagining so. a throttle issue. He's just gaslighting the engineers. <laughs> he, oh my god. He's been through a oh lot. Oh my god. What can we say? I feel so bad for him. Um, but another person, okay. So another person who also had contact, but we got no radio because I think they were swearing and having all kinds of flowery language was Yuki and Akon. 
That's actually so true of you. Right? The fact that we did not get any um, radio from Yuki <laughs> for that accident right? is telling. I think because we didn't get the radio, we know what the radio was, actually. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, That's such a good point. I was just, I was waiting for that radio. I was wearing, I was waiting for Yuki to just scream all kinds of profanities, but nothing. And I, I was just, I was like, oh, okay. And question has been answered. Thank you very much. Formula One. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. I just, okay. But Yuki did spin out and then he went back on track, but he didn't make it too far afterwards. Did he, did he end up DNFing? Yeah, he did. Yeah, there's a couple people that DNF. Yeah, it was so sad for Yuki because this was his first time uh, that he got into Q3 for a while now. Uh, and I feel like he could have had like a really good race, but no. <laughs> Okan did him dirty, uh, and then Okan got the five-second penalty. Okan did him so dirty. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so um, Yuki um, had a pretty good start to the race. Gasly, on the other hand, not a good start. It was, so, I felt so bad for him. So Gasly was out in Q1. Yeah, his home race, his family was there. Did you, um, it was so sweet seeing his dad with his fingers crossed watching the race the entire time. So I love that they like cut to his parents, like rooting him on. It was really cute. So sweet. But also it kind of made me sad that he wasn't doing better. Oh, I know. I felt so bad. Yeah. Not his week. Okay, what else do we want to touch on? Carlos's first pit stop, right? Uh, there mm-hmm. was an issue of unsafe release where I think it was just like some delay with the person who was in charge of giving the light for him to go. Or, I don't know, just some kind of miscommunication because like the actual car was up on the jack yeah. for kind of an extended amount of time. I- I'm not actually sure what happened with that pit stop. And then as he's pulling out... He brake-checked Alexander Alvon in the Williams. This Carlos, I mean, kind of Carlos on Alex violence in the pit lane is, like, not my favorite thing in the whole wide world. After it happened, I was so concerned that Alex was going to have a flat spot on his tire. Yeah, because he did lock up a little bit. Oh, yeah. He, like, absolutely, like, there was a little bit of smoke. And where there is smoke, there is either a Ferrari engine failure or a flat spot. Um, So... I, I was like, he literally just got new tires, and now my man is going to be, I mean, sorry, Lily's um, local driver boyfriend is going to be out um, out on these tires. We actually stand Lily more than we stand Alex on this podcast. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really had to, like, sit with myself and think about it, and I think that um, I am a Alex fan because I'm a Lily fan. <laughs> Loved her outfit um, today. It was so pretty. I love that dress. This entire weekend, she has just been putting out amazing outfits. I have nothing but respect for Lily. She's incredible. Truly. Uh, We need to do an entire WAGS episode, I feel. Yeah, during summer break. Yes, during summer break. We're we're, we're trying to workshop some ideas. Um, Okay, plan A and plan B. We kind of touched touched on that at the beginning. I really wish I could be a fly on the wall during this Ferrari strategies. And just them, like, coming up with names and what the plans actually are. Because I feel like it never goes as smoothly as they think it's going to. I mean, clearly, why are they starting off with plan B? Because something happened. B for barrier, B for bad. I guess. It was Leclerc's radio, what, five, six laps in? Mm -hmm. When he was ahead, Mm -hmm. 
Verstappen was behind. Verstappen was not going to overtake him. Mm-hmm. And his race engineer is on the radio, like plan B. If that was plan B, then what was plan A? <laughs> I have no idea. And then it was a little bit after that they told Carlos plan B. I think we've had enough of the plans. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think anything really went to plan. It means absolutely nothing. I don't. Yeah, Ferrari is just a hot mess. Because plan or no plan, they didn't have a plan. They literally could not make up their minds whether they wanted uh, Carlos to pit or not to pit. Uh, what lap forty? Yeah. I feel like the whole indecision lasted like a good six laps. I mean, Ferrari used their last brain cells on that sweet, sweet qualification strategy. Yeah, they had none left for today. There was none left. Absolutely none left. The thing is, I think it it was less about the decision and the inability to actually make it. Mm. And the fact that Carlos was pushing uh, for them to pit, right? Mm -hmm. And they were saying stay out. And then uh, they did the thing that they always do. That they're like, oh, like, we'll get back to you. Like, please hold. And then uh, they get back to him while he's literally running around Paris trying to overtake. And he does overtake. And then... And then they decide, oh, we should pit you. What happened there? And it was so befuddling. I think the commentators just had no idea of like what to say about that and to even try to un- understand like what the strategy was there. They cut to Nico Rosberg. What, Nico Rosberg, whatever his name is. A little troll of a man. They cut to him and he was like, <laughs> they cut to him and he was like, Are, is Ferrari not watching the screen? And I agree. I agree. It was, it's really interesting to think about though, because at the time that they decided to pit him, he was running in P3. Uh, he had just overtaken Perez, and then uh, Russell was within DRS zone of Perez. So it was kind of a question because also at that point, Carlos still had not served his five second time penalty. Mm-hmm. So I think the big decision there was. Uh, basically hedging a bet on whether Carlos would be uh, five seconds ahead of Perez and or Russell by the end of the race. And they had to kind of hedge that around uh, what if they uh, pitted Carlos um, on a fresh set of tires, how far would he be able to get? I think they probably predicted that p5 there was just such a big gap from Alonso to Russell. There's no possible way that they thought realistically uh that carlos would be able to bridge that gap uh to get into p4 i'm sorry michelle with the sports analytics <laughs> i i thought Excuse i had i had a me? lot of thoughts because i think there was even <laughs> there was even a, like a lot of debating about this in our group chat about you know what was the correct strategy there uh because in my mind i uh, think that if they hadn't pit Carlos, then he would have gotten P5 or better. And it's that or better that really gets me because I feel that because Perez and Russell were fighting, that could have possibly slowed them down and then allowed for signs to come up. I'm sorry. I'm still obsessed with this um, 
Michelle sports analytics moment. It is 8.45 a.m. The race started at what? Six yes, o'clock? we woke up at 5.45. The fact that you you literally got on this podcast and you said, and today, and today I'm going to present my dissertation on why Carlos should not have pitted. Um, hello? That was pretty iconic. Okay, But he did have such a good race. Uh, to come all the way from P19 and perform the dual responsibility of both driver and race engineer and race strategist was pretty, pretty cool. I do like that he served um, the penalty while still on the track. Yeah. I think that's, I, I for some reason, I just think that's always a good strategy, like a better strategy. Um, you kind of have more, I feel like mm, you kind of have a little bit more control over what decisions you can make after um since in with within the bounds of the race there's still so much that can go wrong that can kind of help you make up that time so yeah it's very situational though because i think there have been quite a few cases where having to uh being forced to serve the time on track uh has been can kind of ruin your race versus <laughs> the amount of of a lead that you're able to gain by just like staying on and then hoping that like the gap puts you ahead of like the five seconds to the next driver or wherever you're trying to be. So was it a lack of trust that Ferrari had in signs to do better if he um, if they had let him out? I don't know. This is me speculating, but I would say that probably after um, Charles's mistake, they might have wanted to be a little bit more cautious about the state of Carlos's tires, especially if he was trying mm-hmm. to push and trying to get like five seconds ahead. So um, on the radio, I believe they did mention that science was getting bad traction. Did they also mention a um, Ferrari engine overheat or was that just my brain? I think everyone was talking it? about the Ferrari engines overheating this weekend. Okay. I actually okay. did not give much mind to it because... I don't know. Like, the weather does not need to be hot for the Ferrari engine to have issues. So I was like, <laughs> there's no point in me trying to worry about that. It's just, it's kind of like um, you just 50-50 chance on whether it's going to happen or not. Um, Just flip a coin and then whatever it lands on, that's if the engine's going to overheat or not. Exactly. It's, it drives me insane. That thing is so, fr- it's so frustrating. You have a comment that says, Gasly, bruh. <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, but at one point, I think it was towards like the middle of the race, he like went off track <laughs> and then he had to like swerve, like doing hurdles through like these track markers in order to get back on the track. I didn't even catch this. Like, sir, this is not track and field. What are, what are you doing? It was so goofy. I just thought it was very funny. What lap was this? What was I doing that I missed this completely? It, I mean, probably, you know, I was probably tweeting. That's what I was doing. Yes, follow us at Race Week Recap on Twitter. We are very active. I, I'm, I'm looking to grow a nice group of friends on Twitter. This is a community. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Oh, okay. This I this was one of my favorite moments uh, in the entire race. Latifi and K Mag, please. So, what was even happening here? I uh, I saw the replay, but like, what's the story? Because Latifi was trying to get the jump on K Mag. It, it was so funny. Like, I just I um I was looking at um the standings. I wasn't even looking at the screen fully. I'm looking at the standings, and I see Latifi like go up a position, and K Mag drop, and I was like, oh my gosh, 
did Latifi just overtake K-Mag? Like, first of all, good for him. Second of all, how? And then I hear commentators and Latifi crashes. <laughs> and I was like, that's what happens when you try to overtake K-Mag. Yeah, but then K-Mag had damage, I think. And yeah, that's why he yeah, ended yeah, up retiring. Yeah. It, it was really, it was really sad because, um, they didn't even touch on the K-Mag damage until after. So I'm over here thinking, oh, Latifi is just being Latifi. Um, but then when I saw that K-Mag was out too, I was really disappointed. They both um, they both DNF'd the race. Okay, and then Joe also DNF'd. What happened? And I also heard absolutely nothing about Botas. Yeah, Botas was just not having a good race, not in qualifying, um, and not today. Uh Joe crashed. Did they show that? Who did he crash with? I can't even remember. Yes, he crashed and then he had to replace the front wing. Uh, And they had like the world's slowest pit stop. Um, And I'm pretty sure he just like ended up retiring uh, from damage. Um, And then um, Mickey. Mickey. It was not a good uh, week for Haas at all. They both pitted really early before the um, Mm -hmm. safety car that was caused by Charles. And so they really lost out. Um, and then it just, yeah, was never happening. But but you know who it was a good week for? Danny is in the points yes, again. Yes, we love to see it. I'm really happy. Um, his radio at the end was kind of sad. He was just saying how, like, he tried. He's like, I tried. Aww. I tried. But he's back in the points, and I'm really happy Yes, McLaren double it. points. That's honestly something to be yes. really happy about. Yeah, it's something worth celebrating. I mean, okay, Norris is still doing really well, has been doing really well. But seeing Danny back in the points is absolutely great, especially after this week. So there's still a crazy amount of speculation as to whether Danny's going to continue right. in Formula One. So um, people have been like straight up dissecting his Instagram story post regarding I will still be um, with McLaren and in the world of motorsports. Um, motorsports or Formula One? There's a very like th- like thin line between those comments. The internet detectives are, are speculating. They're out. Piastri was in the paddock this weekend and he looked so sad. Why? He <laughs> He looked so sad. There was just some photos going around Twitter. He was, I don't, I can't remember what um, garage he was in. He, I'm pretty sure he drives for Williams. These photos of him, he just has his arm crossed. He's listening to, he's got his headphones on, listening to the radio. Um, and he just looks so sad. Um, I really hope we can get him a seat in Formula One. I mean, at the same time, I'm like, who are we going to cut, you know? Yeah, it's a little bit hard to see who uh, from his current grid would not be here next year mm, well except for one there's one option yeah latifi <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hate i hate to say the it. way i, I literally completely it, forgot uh, about him <laughs> yes yes uh does anyone think that nikki latifi is going to be here next season no some people don't even think he's going to be here like after summer break oh no that's going to be a surprise i we'll see we'll see you know this silly season hasn't been as silly as other seasons but somehow there's still danny drama there's always danny drama during silly season it's it's because of netflix um yeah true no, he does it for the TV. right but I'm, I'm never gonna i'm never going to forgive oh my gosh what if he does do it for the <laughs> <TV>? <laughs> that's like the single singular explanation 
he has to add a little bit of spice. But I was going to say, I'm never going to forgive the uh, Renault betray- yeah, betrayal. Zero. That one hurt me. My heart aches for that man. It's so sad. I really, I really missed him. I, I missed him in France this weekend. I, I think it's time. I think it's time that we finally talk about the tussle between uh, George Russell and uh, Checo Ferres. Ooh so good first of all absolutely amazing and totally iconic i feel like checo woke up at the end (laughs) yeah i I think he realized that he let george overtake him and then he was like wait a minute hold on he was asleep but then he was awake but honestly (laughs) like even way before that uh, so much good radio when uh george was trying to make a move on checo for the first time and George went full can I speak to the manager because oh my gosh. he was referring to the rule book he was like you know section 12 part a article b <laughs> you know my my like, front tire was ahead of his rear tire I had the space but you know what yeah yeah he like George did have the space but you, you know who didn't Checo Checo went off the track if anybody knows the rules it is going to be george and he will complain about them and even toto the fact that toto was on the radio and yeah and twice. he was on the radio telling george to literally pipe the fuck down <laughs> keep your head down keep going just keep your head down twice on the radio but okay i heard nothing from Checo. Checo basically he was pretty calm about the whole thing but he did have yeah. They did show like one little bit of radio where you saying that he pushed me off. I think I actually can't remember. Yeah, like I like I said, I don't remember Checo like saying anything. But that little bit of racing was really really good. Um, at the end, it looked like George was gonna cry with how like happy he was from the result. He was ecstatic. It was so sweet. Um, I think it was a last episode we talked about how um a lot would have to go wrong for George to. <laughs> he won but yet a lot went wrong today and he got a podium and he got a podium so very happy to see it so uh, at the end our positions were Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell and then Perez and then Sainz and and then Alonso oh my gosh I'm sorry I was gonna stop it at three but then I realized that it kept on going and it kept on getting so good Sainz absolutely killed it coming up from the literal grave Alonso showing us that he still has it um I mean we both said Perez um was gonna get third yeah that was a prediction i mean he was but then he didn't (laughs) i just i'm so obsessed with that safety car restart and just the whole battle between them in general the little racing incident and then with the safety car george kind of slowing down uh and crofty being like why is he slowing down like is there an issue with the car no no, George was scheming. He was living in like year like 3000. Like he said, let me slow down so I can speed up when the safety car is about to like end and then overtake. He knew, he knew something. He knew something that we do not know about the Mercedes. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Checo did not see him coming. Okay, I, I mentioned it in the chat in our I'm so sorry if we keep on referring to this group chat, but it's like the best thing during the races because we're all just like manic typing at the speed of light. Um, I mentioned it several times. I really thought we were going to see a Hamilton um, first. In in my mind, Max would have had to like 
retire yes. in order for Lewis to uh, be able to win this race. There was a bit of a gap at the in the front couple positions. That's just how it is, you know. Sometimes, like the obviously the Mercedes does not have the speed to overtake the Red Bull, um, especially with like you know s- similar like tires. It's just not going to happen. But stunning result for Lewis, for George, for Mercedes as a team. Toto was like glowing watching them on the podium um the first um mercedes double podium this season gorgeous at at the expense of ferrari (laughs) i just had like such a good time like watching this race to be honest i woke up at like 5 45 i literally texted the group chat the world's most annoying group chat ever uh i said you know if if charles does not win this race like my day is ruined um and my disappointment will be immeasurable i forgot about uh, that i totally forgot and then and then it happened he crashed at 25 26 points literally gone down the chain after that i was like okay you know that's it that's me like race is done and it was looking like that for like five ten laps in the middle like i was kind of sleeping uh not really but but it got so good towards the end there was just the content kept coming even though i feel like this track wasn't as racy Mm -hmm. uh there was not as much like overtakes um and i guess midfield battles that we kind of see at other tracks uh there was just so much to to enjoy about this race i really loved it you're no you're absolutely right um i think i even like i was looking at my notes i have notes like lap by lap notes until like lap 12 and then everything just kind of settled (laughs) and i felt like everything had been a little bit decided and all the positions were just going to be the same i actually like you were literally like oh the race is over yeah no i would (laughs) laugh like 30 i was like okay this is done i'm gonna go get ready i have to go to a baby shower after this i was like i'm just gonna go get ready (laughs) and then um, update it was not done no it was not done. correction it's always the last couple laps where everything spices up again you know all right so radio of the day has to be charles what was overtake of the day i I feel like we already know it oh george georgie boy yes right 52 okay because like i mean like you mentioned there was it was very little there was very little like overtakes i feel there was just not many tussles i mean okay so the last two races we were we've been absolutely spoiled with the number of like amazing midfield shots we've been getting this one was just very underwhelming in that regard but great in other ways oh i mean listen i absolutely live for the ferrari self-destructive drama of it all i'm a ferrari fan because i absolutely hate myself (laughs) and just I, I live for this like self-sabotage it's honestly my absolute favorite yeah we're, we're gluttons for punishment on this podcast oh yeah no you're absolutely right <laughs> it's so bad oh and then do you want to do a little driver of the day driver of the day so the official one was carlos yes yeah see carlos i think no yeah i think that it summed it up purposely he really he really did a great job i mean during qualifying he was absolutely helping out to like no end um charles could not have gotten pole position without him and then he literally crawled his way up from from 19th yeah right yeah because k-mag was 20th yeah so yeah okay i guess we are in consensus let's talk about the cool down room a little bit oh my gosh. i love the cool down room it makes me so mad 
that they can never figure out the technical (laughs) side of it because for some reason like the mic is always like not working and that makes me so mad because I feel like there is so much good content but honestly just like the visual aspect of like this cool down room Lewis literally like laying on the ground like sipping his drink watching the tv George like pointing and laughing (laughs) I can't (laughs) and then Max like coming in after and like I feel like he doesn't really know like where he's trying to be and he just like stands next to like Lewis's head it was hilarious this one was a little bit weird there's some that are just like absolutely amazing where um either the drivers are friends like chit and chatting with each other I'm thinking when Lando's in there things get a little bit like not as tense almost but it's a party yeah 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 when Ricardo was up there it wasn't as tense but when it's like we're stopping Hamilton I it feels a little bit like tensiony to me just me oh absolutely and especially like on the podium mm-hmm. this poor like camera director like doesn't know where to point the camera because they can't get Lewis and Max in the same frame oh no and I know exactly what shot you're talking about it was that last shot when it was Max George on the podium the, everything's smiley great and I'm just sitting there thinking like where the hell's Hamilton and then you just see like <laughs> the top of the champagne bottle just like behind Russell pouring a little bit of champagne on Russell and I was like oh there he he's is. literally not in the frame <laughs> okay you caught that too right it was so funny you literally just see like the tip of like lewis's champagne bottle and you have to like imagine that he's like on the other side of it it's It's hilarious it's so good i mean i mean we know hamilton is very much about thanking his um team and the engineers so he was probably spraying them i'm guessing sure right let's go with that let's go with that so that we don't hurt our feelings (laughs) oh my god i just i I think it's funny. Um, but there is, like, there is, like, the baseline level of respect, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. he was, like, cheersing Max and the team member from Red Bull who accepted the Constructors Award. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they took the picture. But, yeah, I just think it's funny. I like I like to dissect. Um, after the race, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. We can go. We can, like, start recording. And then you were like, no, no, no. Like, I realized then that it was because of the cool-down room. I was like, Michelle wants well, yeah. to get all this awkward cool-down room um, content. It is just so funny to me. I love it so much. Um, did you he- did you happen to catch um, Hamilton talking about how he thinks he lost three pounds during the race? Yeah, I actually thought that was a little bit funny. Especially because of the content we've been getting this week. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I just thought it was funny because I felt like there was not really that much to talk about in Lewis's interview. Yeah. He basically just had a really good start and just kind of like kept his head down and you know kept up the pace to keep uh Chaco behind and that was an entire race that there's was- really nothing else to say about it yeah so I guess they had to talk about how much weight he lost during it but he did look really tired afterwards so I thought it was just perfectly aligned with the amazing like thirst straps we've been getting from Lewis oh yes he has been on that uh this past week no it's been absolutely insane like his Instagram is absolutely blowing up, and I'm so here for it. It's hot boy summer. He, he, you know, he is having a hot boy summer, which I am, I'm, I'm here for this content. I just find it, I just, the concept of like Angela having to record these videos cracks me up. <laughs> but honestly, we all thank him for it. She's so supportive. Okay, so are we good to move on for to the hungry GP? Yes. Okay, perfect. Hungarian GP next week. It's. The last race of the first half before summer break, right? Yes. 
So what are our predictions for Hungry next week? What do we think? Um, okay. I'm so sorry. I hate to be that person, but I really think that um, Ferrari's not going to come back. No, don't say that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I think it's going to be a Verstappen 1, a Betis 2, and then a Hamilton 3. Okay, I'm going to disagree. I will say, why not? I'm going to manifest it into existence. Oh, no. Charles 1, uh, Carlos 2, uh, Max 3. I'm so sorry. It's literally not going to happen, but... I don't think that come back. I... Okay, so I mean, towards the beginning of the season, Ferrari looking absolutely incredible with that one-two, but it's just I, I really think they're I think they're out. It's it's just so tough because all the pieces are there; they just can't put the puzzle together. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, okay, but 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 I did want to mention that I think Alonso is going to be higher up in the standings like i'm talking like a four okay yeah i can ride with that right i just i feel like he's got it in him he's got that dog in him he's got that <laughs> dog in him he can make this work he, he I, does I have, he does i don't know what it's been happening like what's happening to me but i really feel like alonzo like he's like he's in it this time and then um i okay i want to see meg back in points he got a taste now now he's just got to consistently deliver. Like, he just, he's hes right there. He can do it. He's just, oh, man. It was just not the Haas this week. Ugh. Okay, well, is that does that wrap it up for our second episode? I believe it does. Greta, where can people find us? On Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram under the handle uh, Race Week Recap. It's the same absolutely everywhere. Fantastic. All right, so we will be back next week with our race week recap for the hungry gp yeah the race week recap for hungry and then i don't know what's gonna happen after but it's gonna be good we're gonna make it good we have a couple ideas we're floating around get ready just get ready all right so i guess that ends it for us today everybody go on and have a great rest of your day bye see you next week see you next week bye